The Dramini Archives presents Every Little Thing She Does Is Magic by Monster Lead Me Home. Chapter 1 Neville and Hannah Of all the weddings Draco Malfoy thought he might get invited to, this certainly wasn't one of them. He never expected to see Neville Longbottom again after Hogwarts, let alone be invited to and choose to attend his wedding. He wasn't even quite sure who Hannah Abbott was, but she looked pretty enough in her white dress, fairy lights woven into her hair. The ceremony had been boring as predicted, but now was the part of the evening Draco had been looking forward to, the reception, complete with a gaggle of eligible witches in his age range. He hung back by the bar, leaning against it with one arm, zipping on his fire whisky as he scooped out the collection. Ever since the story of Greengrass had broken off their engagement for someone who actually wanted to get married, Drake had been taking things far less seriously. As in, no one stays for longer than one night. It's not like he'd shagged a horde of women. He certainly hadn't beaten Blaze's record. But before Astoria, there was only Pansy. And since, there'd been a fair few. No one particularly memorable, though. He figured he'd settle down eventually, once he found the right witch. To his utter dismay, he'd found that in order to want anything more than just sex, he needed intellectual stimulation as well. Very unfortunate for him. He had a different kind of stimulation on the agenda for this evening, though. Finally deciding on his target, the girl in the navy cocktail dress with the strawberry blonde hair, who looked on just the right side of tipsy to make bad decisions, he strode across the room. As he was about to make his introduction, he was rudely interrupted by a voice behind him. Oi! Malfoy! What are you doing here? It sounded familiar, but the words were slurred. It couldn't possibly be... Granger? He turned to see the bushy-haired figure barrelling towards him, clad in a tight red dress. Had she been anyone else, he might have taken the time to appreciate the way it accentuated her curves. He braced himself for the blow it looked like she was about to deal him, and was so doubly surprised that when she wrapped her arms around him for a sloppy hug, I didn't think you'd come. He saw Hermione on occasion, as they both worked for the Ministry these days. They were civil, at times even friendly, but nowhere near hug-level status. Well, I can't resist free cake under an open bar. Hermione laughed a little too loudly, and it occurred to him that she was completely pissed. Like wobbling in her heels, eyes glazed over, truly blitzed. You're so funny! She grabbed his arm for stability and stumbled as she tried to remove her shoes. Who can walk in these death traps? Draco held her steady as she completed her task before leading her over to a nearby table. Certainly not you. She huffed and a piece of hair flew up. Somehow, this version of Hermione Granger was kind of adorable. He forgot all about the strawberry blonde. Granger, how are you this drunk? I don't even think I even saw you with more than a glass of Chardonnay. You said it yourself, Draco. He shuddered a bit at her use of his first name. Open bar? She booped him on the nose for emphasis. Yes, but why did you overindulge? He flagged down one of the house elf waiters and grabbed a glass of water for her. She accepted the glass and drank greedily before starting to rub her feet. I don't know. I guess I sort of hate weddings. What? Why? He loved weddings, or at least what tended to happen at them. 
Surely hopeless romantic Hermione Granger didn't hate weddings. Okay, that's not the truth. This was supposed to be Ron's and my wedding. After I broke it off, the venue opened up and Hannah jumped on it. I think these are the same floral arrangements too. Oh. Draco didn't know what to say. It was well known that Hermione had called off her wedding nearly a year ago. It was also pretty well known that Weaselby was set to marry Looney Lovegood of all people in a few months. Yeah, seemed like a good time to get drunk off my ass. Well, Granger, he leaned in to whisper conspiratorially. I should be thankful this wasn't your wedding. It's downright atrocious. Hermione stared at him for a few seconds, and he started to worry she was about to weep when she broke out in boisterous laughter. She clutched her stomach and gasped for air. It really is, isn't it? He joined her in laughing, not noticing at all the little creases around her eyes or how her whole face lit up, her white teeth gleaming. You can do much better. She nodded, looking pensive for a moment, and then said, I think I'm going to be sick. Okay, Draco huffed, pulling her up out of the chair. Let's get you to your room. As it turned out, he had a hard time getting Hermione to her room, mostly because she couldn't remember which one was hers. They stumbled down the long hallway together, with her adding, This looks familiar, every few feet or so. You can't remember a number or anything, Granger. I think there may have been a two or five, she trailed off, and started clicking her shoes together in her hand. Draco sighed. Fine, I'll take you to my room. Hermione gasped. Bit forward, don't you think? Then she started to laugh. At least buy me dinner first. Clearly you didn't eat enough actual dinner, or you wouldn't be so sloshed. He kept his hand at the small of her back as he waved his wand and let himself into his room. Hermione clambered onto his bed and lay down. She stared at him for a few moments before patting the mattress beside her. I promise I won't bite if you don't, she smirked, which was more infuriating than anything because that was usually his move. I'm going to get you some more water. He forced her to drink another glass before he simply passed out. Draco eyed the free side of the bed with apprehension. He was tired, no longer buzzed, and a bit sexually frustrated. Granger had ruined all his plans for the evening, but he didn't know how she'd react if she woke up suddenly to him sleeping beside her. He sat down in the corner of the chair and debated whether or not to join her on the bed for so long as he dozed off while sitting up. When he woke up, he had a stiff neck and his limbs ached from being cramped in the awkward position. Hermione was still sound asleep, lightly snoring, with her arm draped across her middle. She'd never gotten underneath the covers, and her dress had ridden up on one side to reveal a wide expanse of creamy thigh. He shook his head and transfigured the chair into a more of a chaise, so he could stretch back out comfortably, ignoring the voice inside that urged him to crawl into bed next to her. When Draco woke up the second time, Hermione was awake and watching him cautiously. I'm sorry to keep you out of your bed. You could have slept here. I would have been fine. He smirked. I didn't want to take the chance of you not remembering what happened and trying to hex my bollocks off. I wouldn't... She stopped as he gave her a pointed look. Okay, maybe I would. She grinned as she sat up and tried to smooth out some creases in her dress. Thank you for looking after me last night. I know I was a right mess. He waved her off as he came over and sat on the edge of the bed. Someone had to make sure you didn't get in too much trouble, 
A drunk Gryffindor is never a good thing. Ha-ha, she deadpanned. She let out a deep groan. Why is everyone getting married so soon? Aren't we a little young? I'd hate to break it to you, Granger, but you were one of those people until about a year ago. I know. I think Merlin and I had the good sense to call it off when I did. Magical divorces are so much harder than muggle ones. She rubbed her face, and Draco felt something in his chest. What was this ridiculous sensation? Empathy? Disgusting. You really hate Weasley that much? Oh, heavens no! I don't hate him at all. In fact, I loved him enough to save him from the horrible life he would have had. She swept her righteous curls over one shoulder. We were a terrible match, you see. Nothing in common, disagree on almost everything. At least the sex was decent. Draco made a face. I didn't need to know that. She blushed. Right, sorry. Anyway, weren't you engaged too? Yes, and completely relieved that she had the good sense to call it off as well. You're right. It's much too soon to settle down. Still, I wish people would just lay off. What do you mean? Oh, right, you're a man, so you probably don't get that. When are you going to find a nice boy and settle down nonsense that I'm constantly bombarded with? Draco furrowed his eyebrows and quickly unwrinkled them, remembering what his mother had said about wrinkles. My mother has been nagging me quite a bit, actually. It is traditional for a Malfoy to be settled down by now. Hermione tapped her chin, thinking. And how many more weddings have you been invited to this season? Two. There's Theo's, for which I am best man. And I'm maid of honour, Hermione interrupted. He paused. Right, of course, Hermione was. Theo was marrying Harry Bloody Potter, of all people. Yes, and then there's Blaze and Ginny. I've been invited to that one as well. Plus Ron and Luna's wedding, which it doesn't surprise me that you weren't invited to. So I've got three left and you've got two. How many more times are people going to bother us about our love lives at these things? Draco didn't really care about any of that. He was just in it to shag unsuspecting bridesmaids. I don't see your point here. I usually avoid those kind of people and go after the single witches instead. He winked at her for emphasis. She scoffed. Just hear me out. Oh, we could go together. You know, say we're involved. At least people would stop asking questions. And then after the last wedding, we could just quietly break up. What do you think? I'm sorry, Granger. You want to what? Go together. To all the weddings. It'll work out perfectly. People will stop asking about my love life. And if you happen to meet a girl you want to take home, I can be your wingwoman. My what? Draco looked confused. It's a muggle expression. Never mind. The point is, I think we can help each other out. And what do you say? I say you've gone barmy. He trailed off, wanting to laugh at the ludicrousness of it. Then he started to think. Not only would it appease his mother that he was taking someone seriously again, but his choice of which would annoy his father greatly. But it's not a half-bad idea. Hermione grinned. It's settled then. For the next three weddings, you're my date. Sure, Draco thought. Pretend to date war heroine Hermione Granger. What could go wrong? He thought that agreeing to fake date Hermione would be simple. Show up to the wedding together, act like they like each other, maybe share a taste kiss in front of people. But as was the Swat's tradition, she had a very detailed plan, one that she insisted on meeting in person to go over. They currently sat, having lunch together in Diagon Alley, 
or the better if people were to see them, so she had said. Excuse me, did you say rules? Whatever for, Granger? Just a few ground rules. Nothing too overbearing, I assure you. He rolled his eyes. Okay then, let's hear it. For the duration of the fake relationship, you're not to date anyone else. The same goes to me. Draco swirled the fire whiskey in his glass. Agreed. And what else? If you do find a girl you'd like to shag, you have to let me know in advance and I'll give you the go-ahead to make your move. What? You need to approve my sexual partners now? Keep your voice down, Draco. We're supposed to be on a date. Her voice had gotten stern and he tried to ignore the little flutter in his stomach that accompanied her tone. He pulled his mouth into a tight line before answering, Fine. I suppose it'll keep up the ruse, but if you think to get to veto any of my choices, relax. I just don't want anyone to see you leaving with another woman and think you're cheating on me. She took a bite of her salad, licking her lips to catch any stray dressing. He sat back. Oh, I guess that makes sense. She gave him a curt nod as if to say, of course it does you moron. And beyond that, we are not obligated for anything after the last wedding, which is Ron and Luna's. Draco was oddly looking forward to parading Weasley's ex around in front of him at his own wedding. Oh, that all? We didn't really need to meet for that. You could have owled. Yes, but then people wouldn't have seen us together, she winked. For instance, there's a profit photographer outside, so I expect there might be a blurb in the society pages tomorrow about us being on a date. She popped her last crouton into her mouth like she was incredibly pleased with herself. Touché, Granger. I didn't even realise you had as much scheming bottled up in that stuffy little school marm body of yours. She huffed. School marm? He smirked. If you like, I could take you shopping and get you settled into a wardrobe worthy of Draco Malfoy's girlfriend. Her cheeks started to turn pink, and he did a little victory dance inside. Honestly, Malfoy, that won't be necessary. I know how to dress myself. He snorted. Clearly. Draco's official title at the Ministry was Dark Magic and Artifact Consultant. This technically fell under the DMLE's purview, so he often found himself in contact with Potter, though mostly he sat around at his desk and looked through aura reports. It was extremely boring, but better than being an Azkaban. Malfoy? A grating voice near his ear sounded. He turned to see the Wonderkind himself standing there. Potter? He sneered. I saw you with Hermione at Neville's wedding. Oh, good. The fun was already starting. And what of it? Well, it looked like she was pretty drunk. And Seamus said you took her back to your room? Ah, that asshole Finnegan. How did he even see them? Drake hadn't seen anyone watching. Well, he supposed Harry was going to find out sooner than later, anyway. I was helping her because she was too intoxicated to make it back to her own. But if you must know... Yes, we are seeing each other. Drago felt a little surge of victory as Harry's eyes widened. They'd resolved many of their issues, seeing as Golden Boy was engaged to his best friend, but he knew this would still come as a shock. Oh, well, she hasn't said anything to me yet. He seems sceptical. It's still new. We weren't really ready to start telling people yet, so I'd appreciate your discretion. Potter's eyes glazed over a bit as he nodded, seemingly choosing not to start a fight in the Ministry. That was wise of him. Of course. He shifted nervously and adjusted his glasses. Um, I have a other work to attend to. 
and Draco smiled sweetly. You're a busy man. Harry shuffled awkwardly, and Draco went back to staring down at his paperwork. He worked for about twenty minutes, feeling pretty good about the one report he finished, when he heard heels clicking on their way to his desk. You told Harry? He felt the weight of her stare even without seeing her. Draco turned to look at Hermione and his jaw dropped. She was wearing something very unlike her normal outfits. A low-cut blouse showed the very tops of her breasts, which were currently heaving in an alluring fashion. Her pencil skirt hugged the flare of her hips and ended just above her knees. She also had on a sensible pair of heels as well as some light makeup that accentuated her doe eyes and pink lips. He meant to say something, but the words wouldn't come out. Well, what's happened? Neasel got your tongue? He shook his head, regaining his focus. Well, Granger, if you must know, he confronted me, so I had to tell him something. Okay, I would have preferred to tell him by myself, but that's fine. What's done is done. He couldn't take his eyes off her. Had she always been this attractive? Then he remembered the Yule Ball and how she had looked at Neville's wedding. Clearly he had been ignoring an important fact for far too long. Hermione Granger was fucking gorgeous. What's with this? he asked, motioning up and down at her clothing. What? She put her hands on her hips. Why did he suddenly find that so sexy? This get-up. Much different from your normal matronly robes? She scoffed. They weren't matronly. She paused, seeing his look of disdain. Fine, they weren't great. Maybe I took your advice about updating my wardrobe a little. He nodded, still roving his eyes over her appreciatively. It, uh, really works. You look lovely. She blushed for a moment, tucking some wayward curls behind her ear. Thanks, Malfoy. Don't mention it. He finally pulled his eyes away and focused on the corner of his desk. So, are we good then? About Potter? Yes. I guess I was just surprised, that's all. I'd forgotten how much you interacted with Harry these days. I suppose you'll let me know when our next scheduled meeting is? He chanced another look at her. Still beautiful, damn it. Well, I think we should have lunch together at least twice a week so people can see us. That sounds reasonable. He leaned back in his chair, appearing more comfortable than he felt. I thought so. Lunch tomorrow, then? I wouldn't miss it. He flashed her what he hoped was a sexy grin. Hermione smiled back and left. He kept his eyes glued to her arse for longer than necessary. Draco sighed and cast a worried glance to the ceiling. This might present a problem. Chapter 2 Harry and Theo Lunches with Granger were actually going great. They discussed books, politics and the terrible life choices of their former classmates. Draco had never really been exposed to her humour before, but as it turned out, she was fantastically sarcastic. He casually suggested they start eating together daily so people would think they were becoming serious. Really, he just wanted to spend more time with her. When it was finally time for Theo's wedding, Draco found he was actually looking forward to it. Theo was his best friend, and he was happy that he'd found the one, even if it was the boy who lived. It was rather funny how they'd all gotten together. After Harry's breakup with the She-Weasley, he threw himself into his aura work, barely stopping to eat or sleep. Then he got an assignment to search Not Manor for a dark artefact, and of course Theo was a complete arse through the whole ordeal, 
causing Harry to blow up and get two weeks suspension, in which Theo provided him with ample distraction. Draco had been present for some of it, but he had since blocked it from his memory. The early days of their relationship were quite gag-inducing for him. He would particularly care to forget the time he came in to see Potter's pants around his ankles and Theo on his knees in front of him. He stopped fluing without sending an owl first after that. He was meeting Hermione at her flat before apparating to the wedding together. He still wasn't sure why all these couples chose to have their nuptials in out-of-the-way locations where you had to book a room and stay the weekend. It was bloody annoying. Draco! She swung the door open wide for him, and he lost his train of thought. Not only had she used his first name, as she'd been doing more and more lately, but her cheeks were brilliantly flushed and she had the most stunning royal blue dress he'd ever seen on. Granger, you clean up nicely. That was an understatement, but he didn't want to compliment her more than was necessary, lest she think he was starting to get ideas. He certainly wasn't. Thanks, and you're not so bad yourself, when you're not being condescending or insulting. Who? Me? Draco asked with feigned ignorance, a hand over his heart. Miney gave him a sly smirk. Let's just go, you pointy brat. He snickered and followed behind her, if only to get a nice view of her arse. It did not disappoint. They made it to the apparition point of the small town, and Draco looked around to get his bearings, still slightly miffed that Hermione insisted he side along with her, just because her ex was terrible at apparating. But he understood trust issues, so he decided to let it slide. His eyes widened as he opened the door to their room, and they stepped inside. He knew that they were pretending to be a couple, but he forgot all that entailed. Of course, there was only one bed. He watched Hermione come to the same conclusion with smug satisfaction. Oh, well, that's rather inconvenient, she mused. I suppose I could transfigure a chair or something, Draco started. Don't be silly, she cut in. We're two grown adults and this bed is plenty big enough. She plopped down on the fluffy mattress, her dress fanning out around her. He was thrown off by the warm smile on her face. Are you sure, Granger? Of course. Now let's hear that best man speech. She sat stoically and listened while he rehearsed his speech. Draco was required to speak in front of people quite often. Charity events, Malfoy family functions and general pure-blood nonsense had necessitated the skill, so he had acquired it at an early age. However, something about using these skills in front of Hermione Granger gave him a knot in his stomach. All his jokes felt dumb, and he didn't think his normal charm was having the intended effect as he sat and stroked her chin, nodding on occasion. She cracked a smile once. After he was done, he waited for her to speak. You'll have to change the bit about all Theo's past sexual partners. Harry won't like that. Yeah, I guess. And the joke about the hippogriff. What the fuck was that? Startled by her use of the word fuck, Draco stammered. Uh, you didn't think it was funny? Merlin, no, it was awkward. Oh, okay. He dug out his note cards and crossed it off. Anything else? She had a few more edits for him, and rather than fight her, he wrote them all down. She was making a lot of sense, and he knew that somewhere deep down, his twelve-year-old self was berating him for taking advice from Hermione Granger, but the rest of him couldn't be asked to care. After he finished scribbling, he sat beside her on the bed, noting the subtle heat from her thigh against his. So you want to do your maid of honour speech for me? 
He raised an eyebrow in what he hoped was a rather sexy way. I suppose so. Five minutes later, Draco deeply regretting asking her this, as it meant he had to actively fight off tears. He wasn't sure if he'd ever been so moved in his whole life. And Ron, Darth Weasley, let this walk out on him? He didn't think it was possible, but somehow his respect for the red-headed git had dropped even lower. She smoothed out non-existent wrinkles from her dress as she asked, What did you think? Any notes for me? He shook his head, waiting until her eyes found his before speaking. I wouldn't change a thing, Granger. It was perfect. A bashful grin did something to his insides, that he preferred not to investigate at this moment, thank you very much. Before he could get too lost in these dangerous thoughts, they decided to head down to the rehearsal dinner. The hotel had a very classy restaurant on the bottom floor that had been rented out for the evening. The interior was all dark wood and low lighting, perfectly masculine without being ostentatious. He knew Theo had taste and nodded in approval as they entered the room, Granger in his arms. Because Draco was the best man and Hermione the maid of honour, they were sat beside the grooms. He watched as his pretend girlfriend greeted her best friend with a kiss on the cheek and a radiant smile. He nodded to Potter and hugged Theo with a few heavy slaps on the back. Not, my good man, still want to hitch yourself to this insufferable, bespeckled twit of a war hero complex? Theo looked at Harry, and Draco could have sworn there were literal hearts in his eyes. Absolutely, he winked, at his husband-to-be. Draco mimed, puking. Just making sure, mate. Malfoy, Hermione warned, with a pinch to his bicep. Ouch, all right. Let's save that for the bedroom, eh, love? He winked and relished the bit of colour that rose to her cheeks. Gross, Harry muttered. You're really seeing Malfoy, Hermione. Malfoy? Hey, I didn't complain about your Slytherin, so don't you start on mine? Harry looked like he was about to make a lame retort, but then thought better of it. Draco smirked. Smart man. Merlin was Granger having so much of an effect on him that he was now thinking charitably towards Harry Potter. This would not do. Soon the food was being served and drinks were flowing, and Draco found himself having a surprisingly good time. Both Theo and Harry had money, so it was a tasteful affair. His steak was cooked to perfection, and his glass of fire whiskey never empty. He was pleasantly buzzed by now, and as he watched Hermione sip her third glass of Chardonnay, he tried not to think about how soft her ruby-red lips looked. He was failing miserably. After dinner, Theo motioned him over to double doors at the rear of the room. It was dark beyond the thick panes of glass doors, but once open, Draco could make out a dimly lit terrace with trees rustling overhead. Join me for a cigar, best man. Theo sported a ruggish smile as he fished the cigars out of his blazer pocket. Of course. After lighting his and taking several puffs, Theo crossed his arms over the railing that separated the terrace from the rest of the grounds. So, Granger, eh? Don't start, Draco pleaded. No, I was just going to congratulate you. I know you've had a thing for her for, fuck, ages, isn't it? What? You're off your bloody rocker. Theo laughed. Do you not remember this, maid? You were obsessed back in school. Yeah, I hated her guts. Draco released a shuddering puff of smoke. Theo just shrugged. If you say so, man. You know what they say about little boys, you poor little girl's pigtails. It wasn't like... He stopped short at the wicked side-eye Theo was giving him. Fine. 
maybe I had a bit of a morbid curiosity back then, but this took us totally by surprise. Okay, Thea relented. So what's she like in the sack? Draco punched him in the arm and Theo cackled. Come on, I haven't slept with a woman in, well, years. And I won't ever again, you might as well. He trailed off when he noticed the look in Draco's eyes. Oh, you haven't fucked her yet, have you? Draco's mouth formed a tight line. She wants to take it slow. Theo started laughing again. Oh man, you really are whipped, aren't you? Draco was saved from having to answer by Harry appearing at the door. Lee's Potter finally got his timing right. Sorry, Malfoy, can I steal my fiancé back? Have at him, Draco muttered. Harry beamed, his green eyes sharp beneath his glasses. Great. Theo followed him back inside, and Draco stayed to finish his cigar. When he made his way back in, Hermione was chatting with Harry and a bunch of other Gryffindors. Weasley was nowhere to be seen, even though he'd been there earlier. He was feeling considerably loser-like after another whiskey and a cigar, so he chuffed up behind her and slid his arms around her waist. Ready for bed, Granger, he murmured in her ear. Hermione tensed under his grasp, but managed to keep her tone casual. Just about. He dropped his chin to her shoulder and kept holding her while she finished up her conversation, ignoring the looks from Potter, Finnegan and the others. It felt good making them squirm. Almost as good as Granger's firm, warm body felt against his fingertips. Eventually, she was done and turned into his arms. He was almost proud of the way she pushed up on her toes and whispered just loudly enough for them to hear, Take me to bed, Draco. Suddenly he wished this weren't pretend. When they got back to the room, Hermione spun around. She was clearly tipsy, though not as drunk as at Neville's wedding. You were brilliant, she exclaimed, in a sing-song voice before flopping onto the bed. He sat down beside her as she stretched out her limbs. You weren't so bad yourself, Granger. She popped back up and scooted closer to him. I mean it, though. For a moment, I almost forgot it was fake. She was looking up at him with earnest eyes. It was quite distracting. He swallowed thickly, tucking an errant curl behind her ear. It would be so easy to just lean in and kiss her. That wasn't what this was. And me too. He let out a shaky breath and stood before he could say something he might regret. I got a piss. Draco shut the door to the ensuite and leaned against it. What the fuck was happening to him? He didn't get like this over women, especially not her. His heart was racing and his mouth felt dry. Hell, he never even acted like this as a teenager. He couldn't be developing feelings for Hermione Granger of all people. She'd asked him to do this as a favour. And here he was, hiding in the bathroom, thinking about going back out there and... Well, he certainly couldn't do that. Instead, he tucked his more lascivious thoughts away, washed up and headed back out into the room, only to discover her fast asleep in her dress. She hadn't even got underneath the covers. He smiled down at her fondly, whispering, Oh, Granger, what am I going to do with you? He removed her shoes and got her more situated in the bed, not even thinking to use magic as he pulled the covers up over her. She mumbled something unintelligible as she snuggled in, and it occurred to him that he really was well and truly fucked. Draco woke up because his nose was being tickled by something. As he slowly opened his eyes in the early morning light, he realised what it was. 
Hermione's hair. She was nestled firmly against him, her arse pushed delightfully up against his morning wood. She was still asleep, so he brushed the wild locks out of his face, then tilted his head so it wouldn't be a problem. At some point in the night, he had wrapped his arms around her as well. He tried not to notice how perfectly she fit there, but he was failing miserably. And Merlin, she smelt good. Hermione, he whispered. You awake? She moaned lightly and wriggled a bit, not helping the situation in his pants any. Fuck, he was going to need a cold shower. He tried to extricate the arm that was currently underneath her, but it was nearly impossible. He sighed. If you're actually asleep, you won't mind if I do this. He tightened his arms around her middle and nuzzled her hair. If anything, she seemed to settle into him further, so he closed his eyes and succumbed to slumber. The next thing he knew, he was slowly being shaken awake. Draco, I'm going to shower. Do you need to use the facilities before I do that? Um, Granger, come back to bed. He tried to yank her down by the arms, but was too weak in his sleep-addled state. Hermione giggled and pushed his arms away. Stop! Okay, I'll take that as a no. I guess you're not a morning person. He barely registered the sound of the water before his eyes popped open. Granger was taking a shower which meant she was naked in there. He groaned, his hard-on coming back with a vengeance. Rolling onto his back, he took himself in hand. It was almost guaranteed that he could finish before she'd be done, and he needed to do something to relieve this awful tension. He imagined her soapy body as she lingered beneath the spray of the water and started to pump his shaft. She was probably washing those perfect tits, suds running down her luscious curves. He grunted as he came surprisingly quick and muttered a quick Evanesco to hide the evidence before gathering his things. He might as well jump in the shower after her. He was completely naked and in the process of grabbing one of the spare towels from the linen closet to wrap around himself when Hermione exited the bathroom, steam pouring out behind her. Granger! he shouted, towel in hand, but not yet on his body. Malfoy! she screamed in return promptly losing her grip on the towel currently covering her own nakedness. They stood there for what seemed like an eternity, but was in reality probably about thirty seconds, just ogling each other. Her breasts were perfect, Dusty Rose nipples standing at attention, his eyes tracked down her body, the curve of her abdomen and cute belly button, to the neatly trimmed thatch of hair between her legs. Then, just as suddenly, they both covered themselves and stepped awkwardly around each other, with barely intelligible muttered apologies, they went their separate ways. As soon as he shut the door, he let out a breath he'd been holding. He was already half-hard again. Fuck, what was this woman doing to him? He turned the water all the way to cold and let it take care of its problem this time. He closed his eyes and thought, It's fake. It's all pretend. It doesn't mean anything. The ceremony itself was beautiful. Draco stood behind Theo and watched his best friend pledge his life to his former mortal enemy. It was odd that this seemed so very right and natural. He tried not to steal glances of Hermione as she stood behind Harry, but how could he not? She had charmed her hair back into a beautiful star that was half up, half down, with tiny, delicate flowers woven in the twists of her hair. Her dress was a soft, metallic rose gold with cap sleeves, but when she turned around, her entire back was exposed. She wasn't even wearing a bra. When she first showed it to him, his mouth had watered. He knew what she'd look like underneath that dress now, 
and every fibre of his being wanted to drag her back up to their room and ravish her. Having his hand on her bare skin, the entire walk down to the meadow, where the ceremony was being held, felt almost electric. He had to do something to rein this in. Surely Hermione would be horrified to know the direction his thoughts had taken. Then it was time for the speeches, and he forgot all about reining it in. Hermione got to go first, and he just sat in awe as she talked about the power of love to bring people from outside sides together. He could see Potter tearing up behind his glasses, and felt a swell of pride that his witch had done that. No, she wasn't his witch. He could still be proud of her, though. Couldn't he? Because love is the candle in the darkness. Just one flame is enough to hold it back. I wish you both many years to keep your candle burning. She lifted her glass and everyone toasted. Draco wasn't sure how he was supposed to follow that. Hermione sat down beside him and reached over, letting his hands skirt her exposed shoulder blades. That was magnificent, Granger. Thank you, she whispered, locking eyes with him. He thought he could get lost in those deep brown depths, but then Theo was clearing his throat. Draco stood. Right, my turn. He straightened out the lapel of his tucks like dress robes. When Theo told me he was planning on marrying Harry Potter, I tied him to a chair for several hours to make sure he hadn't been polyjuiced. The room erupted in laughter, and Draco waited for it to die down before continuing. But his eyes were trained on Hermione, the smile on her face filling him with warmth. After the speeches and cake, there was dancing. Truth be told, Draco had been waiting all evening for the opportunity to get Hermione in his arms again. He swept her out onto the dance floor, while aware of all the eyes in the room on them, especially the bitter look from Weasley, still seated next to his fiancée. Draco twirled her in time to the music. His fingers danced down the expanse of exposed skin to the small of her back, and she gasped faintly as he pulled her closer. Have I told you how beautiful you look tonight, Granger? The faint blush in her cheeks filled him with delight. Thank you. You also look very dashing. She moved her hands up his chest to straighten his bow tie, then slipped her arms around his neck. Does it feel odd that this isn't uncomfortable at all? Should it? he murmured. Then before he could think about it too much, he dipped his head down and kissed her. One of his hands drifted up her back to the nape of her neck, and he felt her melt into him. It was everything he'd been imagining and more. The feel of her soft lips on his, the way she sighed and opened to him, the gentle caress of her tongue. He could easily get carried away, but then the song ended, and he reluctantly pulled back, the smirk pulling at his mouth. Manny's face was a mix of emotions, but he couldn't quite suss it out. Surprise, desire, and something else, but he didn't have time to say anything because someone came up beside them. Mind if I steal her for a dance? It was Weasley. Draco was suddenly feeling more murderous than he had in a long time, but the subtle nod from Granger told him it would be fine. I actually do mind, but I'll be charitable for her sake, he sneered. Draco? Hermione admonished him. He gave a two-fingered salute as he marched off towards the bar. He needed fire whiskey to combat this flare of jealousy. It was ridiculous. He and Hermione weren't even together. Wheezy was engaged to someone else, but still, the sight of her in the ginger's arms was driving him mad. Malfoy, a voice over his shoulder, greeted. He turned around. Potter, congrats. It was an efficient ceremony. 
Harry laughed. Glad to see you haven't changed too much. Wouldn't want to disappoint, Draco retorted. Harry shifted his glasses and took a sip of whatever he was drinking. Anyway, I just wanted to say that I think you and Hermione are good for each other. Draco nearly choked on his drink. You do? Yeah, this is the happiest I've seen her in a while. The breakup with Ron was amicable, but he moved on quickly and she threw herself into work. I thought she was going to drown. Then you came along. He smiled. She's more like herself around you. I can't explain it, but then again, I just married your best friend, so maybe I understand. Draco snorted a laugh and nodded. I'll drink to that. He toasted Potter and watched as his former nemesis left to mingle with his other guests. Could Hermione be really feeling something for him too? This was supposed to all be fake. A favour, nothing more. Still, he wondered. He looked around the room to see where she'd gone, but he couldn't find her. Weasley was now dancing with Luna, swaying with their foreheads pressed together. Ugh, nauseating. He made another lap around the room, but still saw no trace of her. He checked outside in the terrace and even popped his head into the women's toilets. Hermione? No answer. Eventually he made his way back to their room, thinking maybe she wasn't feeling well. When he entered, she was curled up on her side of the bed under the covers, lightly sniffing. She had already changed out of her exquisite dress, wearing an old t-shirt and shorts. There were mascara tracks down her cheeks. He rushed to her side and started to rub soothing circles on her back. Hermione, what's wrong? She sniffed and wiped her eyes. Draco, you should go back down and enjoy the party. I'm fine. Okay, firstly, you're a shit liar, Granger. I can see you've been crying. Did Weasley say something to you? Because I'll go and kick his ass right now. Her hand came up to cover his. No, well, yes, but it wasn't just him. I just started thinking about how happy he seemed and how happy Harry is, and I wondered if I'll ever be loved that way again. Draco didn't know what to say to that. He thought he could love her that way if she would just give him the chance. That surely wasn't what she wanted to hear at a time like this. Instead, he kicked off his shoes and laid down beside her, pulling her close. Of course you will, Hermione, he whispered into her hairline before placing a gentle kiss there and holding her while she cried. As he drifted off to sleep, a singular thought flashed through his head. Maybe she already was.